or something along. I don't, I don't know. I think every year should start with prayer because we need clarity every single year. Um, so uh, we do this, and, and this, this uh, week is week three of a four-week series. Uh, the unique thing about this uh, series is, or in this year, is I'm not finishing this one. Um, Dan is going to be finishing next week with his, uh, yeah, with his focus on um, praying in the Spirit. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I can't wait to, to see how, um, how that goes, how, how God's going to work through that. Um, and, and for those of you who are thinking, oh yeah, remember, I, I know I said this last week too, Dan's going to be preaching about tongues. I, I get, guarantee you right now that's not his focus of what he's going to preach about. So if I just popped your balloon, um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm not sorry. Uh, I think here there's a good time to, to reiterate what it is we believe, though, uh, as a church. It's not that we don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, we fully believe that the God uh, operates and He uh, manifests Himself in, in certain ways, but I think there's certain times and settings and everything for that. Uh, I don't think that we need to abuse the gifts uh, what we need to do is we need to focus on the gift giver. Um, and that's kind of really, really where we're going to end up at one portion today, um, that gift giver. But we are in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you've got a Bible, you can, uh, you can turn there. And as you're turning there, some of you are like, okay, we've been in the same text uh, for the last three weeks. Yeah, we're going to finish up this small portion today in Ephesians chapter 3, verses uh, 14 through 21. We're going to do 20 and 21 today. Uh, just to bring you uh, back up to speed, to, to uh, refresh your memory, because I think this is important. Uh, one of the conversations that Shannon and I, we had this week, was a conversation about um, information and transformation, and the difference between just learning something, but actually applying it. And her and I were talking about that we think that we do a, a, a good job here at the church of giving a lot of information. But the, the fact of the matter is that, that information, if it doesn't go uh, and sink into the heart and come out and, and into the, the, the works in which you do, there's no transformation. So I think that, that um, as we go through all of this, as we're talking about prayer and as we're seeing how uh, we have this uh, example in which the Apostle Paul prays, uh, I think that we cannot... I think that we should not just look at this as information that's coming in. We should look at this as like, okay, how is God going to transform in my life? How is He working in my life as He's working through me uh, as we look at this, this text? Now, uh, week one, like I said, I'll bring you up to speed real quick. Week one, we talked about approach and appeal. Uh, the approach that we have to God, it matters. We can't just go uh, burst, in, burst open the door uh, of, of the throne room and say, yo, 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 what's up? Oh, Jesus, you're my homeboy, so hey, here's my list of things. No, there, there is a, an understanding that yes, we can with confidence, that's what uh, Hebrews tells us, the book of Hebrews, with confidence we can come before the throne to receive that grace and that mercy in time of need. But that confidence and that boldness in which we come in is not something we just throw open the doors and we say, hey, here I am. No, the, the, the approach in which we are to have to God is one that considers our posture. Some might be kneeling, some might be prostrate on the ground, some standing, some eyes open, hands up. Whatever it may be, it's a condition of the heart. It's understanding my heart needs to be ready before I go before the king. Some people will, will at the last moment, what I say, the break glass and pray method. Like, oh, crap, i gotta, I got to pray for this. Uh, i I, I got to make this prayer so I can tell so-and-so I prayed for them today. Uh, God be with Bob. 
Hey, Bob, I prayed for you today. How are you doing? I've been really praying for you in the last 30 seconds. But, uh, but, but understand that, that our, our, our approach to God has to be one that is um, with boldness, but with humility, with reverence. But then we talked about our appeal. Make sure that our appeal to God is one that is to glorify His name. My appeal cannot be, hey God, oh, you are so majestic and holy and I need a new fishing rod and um, I'll be fishers of fish and fishers of men. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for God to bless you. I'm not saying that, that, but what I'm saying is our prayers need to be um, according to the riches of His glory. That's what we learned a few weeks ago. So, so praying according to what God has for us and who He is, His nature, is, is important. Last week, uh, we talked, it was a fun one, uh, we talked about the head and the heart connection. We, we talked about how we, we can't just be praying with our head, but there has to be a connection with the heart. Because you can know a lot of things. Oh, I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. And God says this, okay, yes, God says that He'll never leave me nor forsake me. God says, says that if I seek Him uh, in His kingdom, all other things will, will, will be given. If I, if I ask, but we, anyways, we, we can go through this whole thing through our head, and it's all head knowledge. But if it doesn't come to the conviction of the heart, and that's what we're talking about today is conviction, but if it doesn't drop to the heart and we don't believe what it is we're praying about, there's a disconnect. And what we need to, to, to do is look at Paul's prayer and see how there was a clear connection between the way in which you, you, you think and the way in which you feel. And I'm not just saying a feeling of a ooey-gooey teenage love feeling. I'm talking about that, 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 that heart-piercing, gut-wrenching feeling that you have because this what you know in your head, you now not only know it in your head, you believe it to be true and you're trusting it in your life. So I think that as we have built that bridge and laid that groundwork, that we're getting into the close of the Apostle Paul's prayer here. Um, and in, in this, I think that we can learn a lot. And then we'll jump into to explaining this. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him, this is the part we're going to look at today, now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That prayer is, like I said a few weeks ago, is a prayer in which I, 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 I feel is my prayer for us is that we are filled with God's fullness. And as we're filled with God's fullness, we understand and we can comprehend that His love is so infinite and as his love is so infinite, even when we have goobers that are, that are messing around in front of me, God's love covers that. God's love is so infinite that no matter what it is that we do, 
that he uh, has a love that will cover that. Now, that does not mean that we can go and live however we want. What that means is when we mess up, that God's love, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy covers that. So I love how, how Paul writes that in here. And I love how Paul ends this, this prayer. Because I, I believe that we can learn a lot from uh, what it is or how Paul, uh, he ends this prayer here in verse 20 and 21. Because his, his prayer goes from this appeal to God, it goes from all of that to a, 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 a praise, a praise session. Uh, this little praise session that we see in, in verse 20 and 21 um, is, is, is uh, termed a doxology. All right, a doxology is, is um, kind of like a, um, it's a formula expressed in praise and glory to God. Uh, and it, they're, they're, it's these elements that are contained within Scripture, that just these bunching, uh, bunches of words that are put together that are a concise praise to who He is and His nature and His power and, and everything. And that's how Paul ends his prayer here. And, and I love that, that he ends his prayer with this, because I believe that, that, as it, the, that we can look into how he ends his prayer here with this, the, the, this doxology, like the, with this praise to who God is. And he's praying what it is that, that he prays, these big prayers in which he prays, because he prays to a big God. And I love how we, when we look at this, we can see that Paul is convinced of something. Paul is convinced, not in his own words. Paul is, in, is convinced in the efficacy of his prayer. Now what does that mean? The effect, effectual power of his prayer. Why? Why, did, why is he convinced of his prayer? It's because who he is engaged with. And I see, I see that here, and that's why our big idea, our big idea for today is conviction counts in prayer. This kind of is an overflow a little bit from last week about, you know, we're not just saying it with our head, we have to be engaged with our hearts. But what we see here is that Paul's conviction, it didn't come from his religious piety. Paul's conviction, when he's praying these words that you may know the infinite love of Christ... They, it comes from his, his encounter with Christ. It comes from a, a deep conviction in what it is that, that, that was, was told to him, but what it is that his life was changed because of. We see in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, uh, that Paul says that, that uh, the gospel, he's not ashamed of the gospel, but this gospel is the power of God. Now when he says the power of God, he, says, he goes on to say it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. The conviction in which, which Paul is praying with here comes from a source. The source in which his conviction comes from is the power of God. The power of God in which he, he proclaims is the gospel. What's the gospel? That's the good news of Jesus Christ. We say it here as the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity, but when we say that, that's all wrapped up in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about conviction, and I'll be the one to raise the hand, when we talk about conviction, our roots usually beat us to death. Because we have a tendency to um, act on our convictions and try to, and that's not bad, acting on our convictions, but we try to take our convictions and beat other people over the head with our convictions. 
when our convictions, nine times out of ten, and I know that's probably a stretch, but the majority of the time our convictions uh, come from uh, more of a feeling than a source. Now, again, I'm not saying convictions are wrong. I think that Paul's operating out of a conviction. But we need to make sure that our convictions are sourced. They're not just a feeling in which we have. Maybe we're uncomfortable about how, how uh, one person worships or one person uh, does this or that. And because of our uncomfortableness, we say, well, my conviction is this. Maybe it's against alcohol. Maybe it's against whatever it may be. Maybe you have a conviction against something because you're fearful of, of, of that. Do, don't. I don't, I don't think that this is, this is right because we should never operate out of fear. The source should never be fear. The source should be what God says. So here Paul is talking about this, or he's communicating this um, understanding that he has this conviction that no man's going to change. Paul essentially and eventually um, ultimately goes to death for his conviction. He goes to death because he he, he would uh, proclaim Christ. And he wouldn't back down. He was in prison multiple times. I love how he says he was shipwrecked and he was beaten up. He was stoned. He was left for dead. He was abandoned. But not one time did he change his conviction. I like to, I think it's in, in, um, I think it's in the book of Acts maybe. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But the the words instead of conviction uh, that are used is fully persuaded. I know that Dan likes that, 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 that terminology. He was fully persuaded, but he was fully persuaded in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And I, I see that, that as we're looking at the, the end of his um, the end of his prayer here, we can see that conviction come forth. I think there's three things that we can see here in verses 20 and 21 that go along with our prayer series. Yes, there, there are other things that can be piled on here, but for our focus and focusing on prayer, what we can see is in his doxology at the end, after he makes his approach, after he makes his appeal, in the way in which he closes out his prayer, and it, it, it communicates his uh, conviction. There's three things that, that, that I think that we can uh, press into. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. I think the first thing that we can see uh, of Paul's conviction is God's blessings. God's blessings. When he says, now to him, when he's talking, so it's to God. It's not to man. It's not to anybody else. He says that his direct focus is on the one who created all. Now to him who is able to do. Who is able to do? He, 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 he is focusing all of his attention. Paul is focusing all of his attention on God, you're able to do this. I'm not. But the problem is what we do too, too often is we enter into prayer saying, God, I think you can. Like the little engine that could, right? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I can't. You can't. He is able. God is able. When, he, when, we, when it talks here, that he, now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly, I love this, far more abundantly than all we ask or think. God can, can, can bless us in ways that we can't, we can't wrap our minds around this. When He, when he says that, far more abundantly than, than you can ask or think, my question is to you then, if this is true, and it is, if this is true, what do your prayers look like? What do your prayers look like? Because are you praying little, like, little prayers like, um, 
God, help me get this parking spot at church that I always, I always like. <laughs> or Bobby's prayer, God, make sure no one sits in my seat. Are <laughs> our prayers so, so small that when they're answered, it's like a duh. Are we praying prayers that, 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 that are big prayers that when we pray them, and when we see God work, only He can get the glory in it? How big are our prayers? Because it says He can do far more abundantly. I, I, some translations say above and beyond. Above and beyond. I think of Buzz Lightyear, right? To infinity and beyond. Right? What's that? And, and beyond, to beyond, you're wearing a duck shirt, man. <laughs> correct my grammar, I'll correct your wardrobe. That's what, I love, that's what I love about our family. Whatever it is, to beyond, and beyond, in beyond, as long as he's going somewhere, right? But understanding... Oh, I told you it's going to be one of those days. Understanding that when we pray our prayers, God has in mind something greater than you can even imagine. God can exceed your grandest idea. I don't know, I've got some big prayers, or big prayers. Try them. Now, when we say that, it's just not like, all right, I'm throwing the, gold, the, the fleece out here and see if it's going to get wet, or I'm throwing it out here see if it stays dry, whatever you are, Gideon. But... It's, it's not, it's, I'm not saying just kind of throw a prayer up and, oh, let's see if it happens. Kind of like uh, um, Aladdin, when the genie first comes out of the lamp and everything. He's kind of, eh, I don't know, can you do this? Just trying to test him out. That's not the prayer I'm, I'm telling you to pray to God. Don't test God. It won't go well for you. But if you approach Him and you appeal to Him according to the, the, the richness of His glory with prayers that are bigger than you, those are prayers you step back and say, God, hey, you're able. And see Him do it. See Him do it. I look around at this room right now, and I know I've been here for 10 years now. I think it's even 10 years like this week or something. But I've been here 10 years, and I look around, and we've had two or three churches in 10 years. I mean, just because of how God is moving people and turning people and we're seeing new people, and it's just an awesome thing. I look around like, God, only you can do this. Only you can bring people like this together. That was kind of a, a, a knock, but that's all right. Because I look at it, and we have people that, that we, I think you want to be, we want to be more relational, but we are a bunch of awkward people. And we're like, I want to be more relational, but I just don't know how to do it. Well, this is a prayer in which you can pray, is, is trust that God has you here for a reason. We're going to talk about that in a minute here, but as we look at this, we have to ask, what do our prayers look like? I, I wrote down here, how are you seeking the more abundantly? This is not prosperity gospel. This is saying, okay, God says that He can do more than we can even imagine. How are you seeking that? Do you enter into prayer with that? Or are you the mouse that enters into prayer? God, if you could, I know you can, but I don't know. And No, how are you seeking the more abundantly? How are you seeking God to bless your life? You all know my, my illustration of the faucet. That God has this, there's this big faucet in the sky, and God, when He turns it on, the blessings flow. How are we positioning ourselves to receive those blessings? 
Because when he turns that, that, that faucet on, those blessings can flow so, so fast and so hard it knocks you off your feet, takes your breath away. It's like jumping in icy water. <laughs> I can't breathe. But that's the abundance in which God has for his children. The second thing in which I, I see here in this text that we can uh, pull from the conviction of Paul is God's power. So he is able to do it. Why is he able to do it? Because of the power that is within us. Wait a second, I thought it's God's power. It is God's power. But what we have to understand as, when, um, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it says that when we uh, surrender our life to Him, He gives us something. And it's not a something. It's a someone. It's the Holy Spirit of God. So according to the power at work in us, I love Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, because Paul writes there, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The power of God that's inside you is not going to fail to display God's glory. I think I've told you this, guy, this before. The power of God inside you is not going to fail to display God's glory. The question is, how are you going to let the power of God, the Holy Spirit inside you, manifest Himself for His glory? How, how's, that going to, how's that going to work in your life? What, are you going to fight Him the whole time? God's still going to get the glory. You might have a struggle on your hands. You might have a hip out of place, right? What do you mean? Read the Old Testament. How is that going to happen? Now, I want us to look at here is according to the power at work within us, we already said it, the power that, that is in us is not a force. I know that Star Wars is the big thing here, and I, 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 I'm sorry. I am not a Star Wars fan. I, it, I have nothing against it, so don't like lightsaber me right now. Jedi mind tricks, like Yoda me, or I don't know what you guys do, weirdos. But uh, I, I don't... I, the, 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 the Spirit of God, see, he's like, I don't even know that, may the force be with you. Uh, but little, I, seen, I did see little baby Yoda. Gabe's watching that little whatever it is. Yoda, baby Yoda is kind of cute. Oh, little baby Yoda. You just want to, you just want to lick him or, or tickle him or <laughs> lick his eyeballs. I don't even know what, what it is. Yes, so, hey, but let's get back. Let's get back here. Power, power, power is a person, not a force. The power of God that's inside of us. This is hard for people, even this is hard for even Christians to grasp. But the power of God that's inside of us is not a force, an impersonal force. The power of God that's inside of us is a person. The power of God that's inside, He's a person and His, his role, his, his job, His duty is to communicate the glories of the Son through you so that the glories of the Father can be seen around you. He's to guide you in the ways. So the question is, are you being guided? Because I don't believe this. Some people will say, well, He'll drag you. No, no, I don't believe that. He'll stand there and wait, wait for you. Are you ready? But I want to do this. It's like a little kid. I'm not going. No one's ever had that, right? Come to my house today. I'm sure it'll happen. It'll probably be the 18-year-old too. I'm not going. 
Tell her I said that. I don't care. I'm on her bad side anyways. I'm not going. And the Spirit's here going, okay, I'll wait. It's, yeah, it's your loss. I'm here just to lead you in the right ways. I'm here to reveal to you what, 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 what the, the Father revealed to the Son, and I'm, the Son has revealed to me, and I'm here to reveal this, so that you can walk and be led and draw closer to the Father. You, you, you want to come with me? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I guess. Too, too many. Too many, right? Some of you here are like, wait a second, you've been in my head. I, it's like, I've been in my own head. Sometimes it's like, oh man, you're right, God. And God's like, no, duh. Actually, he says something else, but I can't say that in church. Yeah, I know. I know. But what we need to understand is the, person, or the power inside of us is um, the Spirit of God. If He's a Spirit, or if the Spirit is a person, and He lives inside of us, what we have to understand is because He is a person, we need to have a relationship with Him. What do you mean? You need to spend time with Him. Well, isn't he always with me? If he's inside, he goes wherever I go. I don't need to spend time with my foot because my foot is always with me. No, it's not like that. If the Spirit of God dwells inside of us, the person of who he is, the, 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 the third person of the Trinity, dwells inside of us, what we need to do is spend some time with him. What do you mean? How do I spend time with him? Uh, uh, read his word. Spend some time in the Bible. I'm not saying everybody, oh, i got to spend hours and hours. No. Depending upon how much you want to spend, how much you want to know, and how much you want to get to know someone in a relationship, is all upon you, right? I want some benefits out of my relationship with my wife. Just saying. We're married. It's legal. So I better make sure my relationship with her is well. Danny, I know you're not squeeze, you know, squeeze. Wait a second. I know what he's talking about. I know you do. You got a baby. Um, but understand, I want to have, I, I, I'm a, it's all right. I want to have that with my wife. So I'm not going to treat her like dirt. I'm not going to treat her. I'm, there, there are certain things. Now, what I'm saying, I'm not saying that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so we can manipulate him. No, 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 no. So we can know who He is and how He works and how we're to respond with Him and how He's going to work through us. So understanding that, that, that the, uh, the power that's inside of us, the power that, 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 that lives inside of us, that works inside of us as He's working through us is the Holy Spirit Himself. The third and final thing that I, I believe that we can see from Paul's conviction that he communicates here in the end of his uh, his prayer is God's glory. So we have God's blessing. We've got God's power. Now we're going to talk about God's glory because he says to him, so we're talking about God, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, so when, he, when he says this, he says, To Him be the glory. The glory where? In the church. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but He means universal church. Let's stop with that stupidity. I, I, just, I know I offended somebody. Quit reading the Bible and every time it says church, ah, he's saying a universal church. So I he's writing to a local church. There are 
numerous books that are written to local churches. Jesus, who listen to this. Jesus writes to seven of them in the book of Revelation. <gasps> yeah, but those are church ages. Isn't it? No, they're not. They're churches. They're people. They're, they're the ecclesia. What does that mean? It means the gathering of God's people together. So when it says here that to Him be glory in the church, I, I see three things that we, we, can, we can take out of this how's God's glory in the church. The first thing is that God, God's purpose for the church is to display His glory. Wait a second. It's, uh, I thought that we just, you know, yeah, but we're a bunch of crazy crack people. Not, but here, here's the deal. I, I don't know. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Why does he want to use a bunch of misfits to display his glory? I don't know. Maybe because so he can say, look how glorious I am. I don't know. But what I can say is he uses the church and his wisdom. It says the manifold wisdom of God is, is seen through the church. So the, the, what I have here is this. God is serious about the church. And if God is serious about the church, we need to be serious about the church. We need to be serious in what we do. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, I know you're saying that, Lee, just because you want more people here. No, it has nothing to do with me wanting people sitting in the seats. It's what, what I've been communicating, and I know that Shelly's probably sick of me here, or sick of me whining about this all week. I've been trying to communicate this, and I know Shannon is, well, as well. Anybody comes to contact me, I think I've, I've vomited on them. I think Jake got it on Friday night when he first got here. I, I, I want you to, to, to experience a work of the Holy Spirit, a work of God in your life. I want you to be transformed by the power of God in your life because you are the people of God. You're not just somebody who comes into this, this place on Sunday and then goes out and says, yep, I go to church. You're the people of God. And as the people of God, the Spirit of God is working in you for a reason. What is that reason? To bring God glory. It's not just to come inside and say, hey, I've been here, listen to some fun music, which was, today was, was some fun music, right? We were celebrating. It, it, that, that, that's good, exactly. It was good. But understanding, it's not just about that. We, man, we could have Led Zeppelin up here, like, Maybe a Christian version of him, right? I mean, I'm just playing. I mean, we can have the best whatever, but it's not about that. What it's about is coming together as God's people so we can display His glory. I love what one theologian writes about what the church is. And just hear me on this. If you want this quote later, I can give it to you. The church is the place where the narratives of Scripture are taught, lived out, and practiced. Let me say that one more time. The church, us, the gathering here, is a place where the narratives of Scripture, I mean, what's written here, are taught, lived out, and practiced. It's not just about coming in and saying, hey, I did church today. Preacher was on, he, man, he must have had a lot of coffee. He was kind of over the top today. No, preacher just convinced, like Paul is, that God wants to do a work in us. I want to see that work. I want to be a part of that. I don't care. I'm the crazy guy. Fine. Call me crazy. Whatever. But understand that God is doing a work, and He wants to do a work. But are we just standing there with our arms crossed, fighting Him the whole time? Here's the next thing. So the first one is God's purpose for the church is to display His glory. The second one is the church is a people, not a person. 
What do you mean? Okay, the church is a people, not a person. What I mean is, too many times what we have is when we come together, we're individuals. If you look, God doesn't have a person. God has a people. Now, yes, persons make up people. But that means that when persons come together, they need to have relationships with one another. Relationships have to be built for people to to exist. Understanding that the church is not a a, a person, the church is a people, is paramount. I I think we see that here when Paul's talking. He's writing to this church and he uses first-person pronouns. I know, we're doing a grammar lesson real quick. He uses first-person pronouns when he says things like we and us. He doesn't say you. Y'all need to get your act together. No, he's saying we. He's talking about the people of God. Not just individual persons. Does God care about individual persons? You better believe He does. So don't hear me say that. Hear me say that you have to be a people. We have to be a people that are in each other's lives and we're connected. Why? For God's glory. And the last one is this. I mean, I said a couple things there. You're like, oh, I'm kind of uneasy now because you're yelling at me. No. What you're doing right now is important. What you are doing right at this moment is important. Well, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just listening to the bold guy speak and spit a little bit. No, 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 no. You're gathering together. You're gathering together in God's house in His name for His purpose, for His glory. Maybe some of you are like, oh yeah, you don't really know my motives. I don't really care about your motives at this point. Because no matter what your motives are, God can show His glory through you. Remember, are you going to fight Him or you're not going to fight Him? But what I think is important is God intends uh, to, to bring glory to Himself and he, he uses the church to do that. One of the ways. But the question is, do you view it that way? Do you view coming to church as bringing gl- glory to God? Do you, do you view it that way? Now, now, when I'm saying that, don't be the one here saying, yep, you're glad I came to church, you're a preacher, or saying that to God. God, yep, I'm good because you're glad I came to church so I can... No, no, no. God doesn't need you to come to church. He has blessed you to come to church to display His glory. I think that we need to understand what it's important. Man, it's snowing outside and there's ice and so not, not bashed on anybody. All I'm saying is I'm glad you're here. And when, you, when God looks down, He's like, I'm glad they're there. So, so don't take it lightly when we walk through these doors on Sunday morning as, oh, I'm here, let's get this over with. No. Understand this is an important thing that's taking place. My final thought here, my final question for you is as we're looking at Paul's prayer, as we look at his prayer and as we look at um, everything that, that he communicates, the, the blessings of God, God's blessings and God's power and God's glory, he communicates all this through his conviction. My final question for you is this. How convinced are you of your prayers? Are you convinced as much as Paul is convinced in this prayer? Well, yeah, but Paul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. (laughs) But Jesus Himself said, Blessed is He who has not seen Me, but believes. Oh, yeah, but... No, no, I, I don't want you to, to give me excuses because you all are crazy good at excuses. 
Don't give me an excuse. Just ask yourself, how, how good? How good or how convinced am I about my prayers? And if you're not really convinced, well then, hey, there's some work you need to do. Don't let it beat you up. Don't let the enemy beat you up. Understand, that's the next step in which we need to take. I, I want my prayers, I want to be convinced in what it is that I pray. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do. We come to you because we're, we're a broken people. We come to you because we cannot do it, anything on our own. God, we come to you because it's, it, you say that, it, that in, in times of need that we can receive grace and mercy. God, we don't come to you so we can, you're our genie in the bottle so you can give us everything that we think that we need. But God, we come to you because we know that you're able to blow our minds, a little emoji with the guy's head popping off, that you, you can blow our minds with what you have in store for us. So Father, as we have just spent some time talking about this and discussing this through your word, my prayer is that these are not just words that kind of, man, that was a good message today, preacher, and that was it. No, but these are words that are just penetrating our heart because of who you are. God, that we can see great things, amazing things happen because of what you have already done, but what you are doing, it says that you are going to bring to completion that which you started. God, you say that. And we want to pray that with our brother Paul here as he's convinced of who you are. And God, let our conviction of who you are control our lives. Well, let's not beat people over the head, but let our lives be different because of what you are and what you, who you are, who you say you are, what you have done, and God, what you're still doing in us. So Father, all the glory is yours. Holy Spirit, as you work inside of us, uh, uh, give us the, the strength to let you work. Jesus, let us let you make much of you. Let your glory shine. Father, as we go from here, uh, I, I do pray for safe travels and, and everything as, as we disperse. God, so we can come back safe when times are, are we, when we need to come back or so that we can go where it is you want us to go to be the people of God. Fathers, for your glory with it, we pray this. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.